Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me as I knock down our diehard box, go to allchgo.com to become a diehard. Uh, we'll hear us from our diehards a little bit later on for Mailbag Monday. Uh, joining me is the normal CHGO White Sox crew. That is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer, and you can read his brand new piece up at allchgo.com. Uh, talking about cliches, talking about it's early, but, you know, got to turn it on at some point. Um, and Don't think just, I'm the one saying it. it's early. No, no, you, you, no right, right. You, you, you discuss it. It, it was a good article. Um, and, and you shared the A's run differential in there, and then we're so excited that you had to tell Herb about it, too. It's outrageous. <laughs> I was mid-writing it, and I, go, and I had written, uh, you know, this is what the White Sox run differential is. It's the second, uh, you know, worst one in baseball. And the, the A's one, you want to know how bad the A's one is, it's, all, it's almost twice as bad. And then I double-checked it, and I'm like, oh, God. It's well more than twice as bad. <laughs> it's bad. A's are horrendous. Historically bad. Uh, <laughs> but they still have, as you said, their top home run getter is like tied with Luis Robert. So Rooker? Rooker? Brent Rooker is... Yeah. Al Roker. Al Roker <laughs> is just as good as Luis He's Robert. He's in his Jr. neck of the woods. Uh, and that is her... There. Lawrence? Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckenwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. What's up to Derek and White Sox Tom in the chat? Thank you to Kevin Wells for producing. Today, we'll be talking about the first quarter of the season. White Sox finished 14 and 28, and they have a lot of the AL Central coming up. They got the Guardians, they got the Royals, they got the Tigers. I think they have the Guardians twice. Mm -hmm. um, so, a lot of the AL Central coming up. They could make important ground. I mean, if they get red hot, Hey, we might see the White Sox start to climb. Uh, however, they need to see the top of the lineup start to pick it up because Tim Anderson, Andrew Benatendi, where have you gone? Uh, we'll talk about how the team overall, some specific players have performed uh, through the quarter of the season. And then we'll get into our predictions for what the hell is going to happen for this team uh, in the remaining games. Also got some trivia and, like I said before, mailbag Monday. Where do you guys want to start? Should we start with Tim Anderson? Because that's the headline. He's the leadoff man. Okay. Um, Vinny, I, what'd you make of yesterday and all the lip reading? I thought we weren't going to talk about this. Well, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's grinding my gears. Mm. Just because it's like, 
are we doing? Why? Why? Like, I mean, we weren't doing it. I, I no, I know. And it's just like all, this is just all that people want to talk about with this team. Who cares? They're fourteen and twenty-eight. He could say, "I love Rainbow Cone." I I hate Rainbow Cone. Doesn't matter. He better I mean, not say he hates Rainbow Cone. I mean, Jose Abreu clearly did not agree with whatever he was saying. But like, he was he even talking to Abreu? Was he talking to Daryl Boston? Like, we I I don't know. We have no idea the context unless there was literally a boom mic on the base. But also. I would hope White Sox fans, as I said yesterday, would give Tim the benefit of the doubt that he wouldn't say something as, you know, I guess polarizing and as toxic as they think he did say, as I hate this effing place. No, give him the benefit of the doubt as your player, your Team USA hitter representative, the guy who walked it off at the Field of Dreams game, the best hitter on the White Sox, the best Average hitter since 2019. Give him the benefit of the doubt. That's what I would say. And Vinny already did the reporting. So I believe what Vinny and what has been reported saying he hates the pitch clock and Jose Abreu agree with him because both of those guys are playing as if they've never played baseball before. Their stats say that they hate the pitch clock. That's the thing that has changed with both of their uh, hitting this year where they haven't got used to it. I don't care if Tim hates it or not. He has to get used to it in quick order for this White Sox team to go forward. But I would say implore White Sox fans to stop thinking the worst of your players. I got the management, the owner, do your thing. But the players, especially Tim, don't think the worst of them. Actually come to his defense. Think that the guy maybe has some sense about himself and don't come to the conclusion that he hates you or take it personally that you saw somebody said that he said this, and so you're going to get offended because Tim might have said something. No, nah, get out of here. You got to give him, I specifically think him, the benefit of the doubt because he's the Chicago White Sox. He represents everything the White Sox are going for. Yeah, I mean, it's just people, it's just people who are in the midst of a frustrating time with their favorite baseball team looking for more things to be negative about because maybe if the pile of negative things gets so overwhelming, then something will be different at some point. Um, don't do that. That's not fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it helped, too, that Cubs Twitter hopped in on it yesterday, yeah. too, and made it way worse for no reason. I, mean, so. I didn't even really see that. They were I mean, I, what I think is it's just like actual sports books, um, like taking it and then trying to amplify it to their hundreds and thousands of uh, followers, like, you know. I mean, it's just, it's... I mean, here's the thing, no, too. No one can... You, you can't lip-read. Like, you, you're, you run a Twitter account. You can't lip-read. Well, I mean, Knock I, it off. I say, that, I say this relatively frequently, so I don't think it'll be groundbreaking or anything like that. But, like, you don't know. You don't... Now, you know after the fact what he did say. You don't know what's in his head. You don't know what's in his heart. Stop guessing. So just stop guessing. Listen to what he has to say when he does have to, something to say. Uh, Herb, you know, you defended him, but you played into it a little bit in talking about, oh, you should stick up for Tim Anderson because of, because of these home runs he hits and because of the hits he gets. No, stick up for people because they're people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's not uh, – you, you, everybody's watching this on TV, and, hey, it is 100% an entertainment product. Please treat it like such. But what it isn't is it's not a scripted thing full of characters. These are people, right? And, I mean, we like when they show personality. We like when they add to that entertainment value. Let them do that. Don't look to, uh, you know, assume you know what's coming next in the, uh, the, the, in the written version of this story. 
because you don't. They play a game every single day, and something is going to – it's constantly going to be unpredictable. Um, but these are real people playing in these games. These are people going to work. And listen, when you're around the water cooler, you go up to your coworker and, and, <laughs> and talk about stuff too. You talk about the new rules and regulations that have been impl- uh, you know, uh, implemented at your workplace and stuff like that. This is a guy in Jose Abreu who Tim Anderson spent years, his entire career with in the same locker room as. Of course they're going to have a chat when they're over there at first base together. So, um, yeah, just – the, the 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 negativity over a team that is playing bad. You want to talk about how bad they're playing? We're going to talk about how bad yeah. Tim Anderson is playing right now. We're going to talk about it. Talk about it all you want, but don't just assign negativity to people because the the record of the baseball team is not what you want it to be. We'll move on. Jay Corona said uh, lip reading work for boosting John Boy. I tried to slow down what Tim was saying. I couldn't make out a single word that he actually said. I tried to read it and think, I hate this pitch clock. I can't read that on his lips. I can't lip read, all right? So, you know, John Boy deserves all the, all the credit that he gets for all those videos because, uh, uh, hell, I can't make out – I couldn't make out a word, and I slowed it down. So, you know, uh, whatever. We'll move on. Uh, let's get into the actual baseball. Uh, Tim Anderson and Andrew Benatendi are the two players we're going to focus on. Uh, so, if Kevin, we bring up some of these graphics. Uh, we'll start with Tim Anderson, and we'll start with the 2023 projections uh, for Tim. Uh, this is what Fangraphs had Tim projected for over 602 plate appearances. Obviously, he's already missed time. Probably likely won't get to 602 plate appearances. That would be roughly around uh, 140 games or so, uh, which I don't know if is entirely out of the realm of possibility, but it's never played more than 122, so I'm not going to get my hopes up. Uh, but those projections had him hitting 16 home runs, the walk percentage of 3.8, uh, a K percentage of 19.1, a slash line of 293, 324, 432, weighted run square plus of 114, and an F4 of 3.3. However, as we all know so far, in his 102 plate appearances, he has zero home runs, 5.9 walk percentage, 19.6 K percent, uh, slash percentage of 260, uh, on-base percentage of 304, uh, and then select percentage of 313, a way to run trade plus of 72, and an F4 of 0.1. So, we all know Tim Anderson has struggled. I thought it was interesting today in James Fegan's piece uh, where he talked about Tim Anderson did, talked about how he wants to be more selective and how you really can't hit everything, which has kind of been his mentality, and then dealing with his knee injuries. And I heard a good point by Jim Margulis earlier um, that, you know, like that we discussed about Tim Anderson's health, like him having to play through some stuff. Elvis Andrews going down really probably forces him to play through stuff at at this point because Elvis Andrews has so much experience at shortstop, you're not going to call up both Lenin Sosa and then what, like Zach Remillard, and that's going to be your middle infield. That sounds pretty tough. So um, Tim Anderson obviously needs to turn it around, but what do you make of maybe him trying to be more disciplined? Uh, projections had him around a 3% walk rate. Now he's up around 5 I don't know if you've seen anything uh, to the eye that seems him being more selective. We also saw him do some drive line work this offseason, uh, but the, the, the results really haven't shown up on the field yet for T.A. I mean, just yesterday's last at bat in the ninth inning. I mean, being selective there, he actually drew a walk, but the ump actually called it a strike on 3-1. And I was like, yeah, in the past, Tim might have saw that 3-1 pitch on the outside part of the zone and drove it to right field. 
the next pitch, he did see a pitch, and he crushed it, but Chaz McCormick is just that dude and caught that ball. But, yeah, it's he's being a little bit more selective and taking more balls that I would like him to be more aggressive on. But if he's doing him and he has a process that he thinks eventually will work out for the results, I can't, can't blame him. But, yes, his problem right now is that he's struggling. And May is one of his months that I don't know if he does well in. His best months are at the end of the year. August, September, he goes off. He has usually in his career his best months. So looking forward, you could say that, okay, he's not necessarily a slow starter like Jose Abreu, who was traditionally April was just bad. I think Tim is in the 700 OPSs in April and in May, and then he starts kicking it up when the weather gets a little bit better and a little bit more steamy, um, maybe reminds him of home and such, and maybe he just gets warmer and knowing the pitchers and what they're trying to do to him later in the season, and he uh, zeroes in and his power gets better, his on-base gets better, and his average gets better. So that's the, the, the silver lining I'm looking for, Tim, and we know that he is not a .001 war guy at least he would make that up on his offensive side and defensively this year I think he's been all right fine for his career uh April and May uh 784 OPS 763 OPS uh bad news in June and July his worst uh 696 and 638 however you're right about August and September uh 819 807 but as we saw last year I mean he wasn't even able to play in August and September so uh Vinny I don't know what you make of TA so far, it's a slow start. I don't know if it's all injury related or well. You know. I a few things. The first thing I would say is I don't know if OPS is the stat to look with, look at with Tim Anderson, as he's never been a high on base guy, other than the fact that his average has been high and contributing to that. Uh, you know, you look at well, the, those batting average. I mean, if, if you're not walking and you're not hitting a lot of home runs, which he obviously hasn't done in about a year, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's not going to make for a high OPS. But um, his outside batting, of June and July, his batting averages is. 293 or, or 290 or higher and then in june and july it's 272 and 251 there so you, go. you know just worse all around right and and yeah i mean listen I, I think it is health related obviously in the years where he was extraordinarily productive uh with the bat he he did have some some trips to the il but as you saw last year, as you pointed out last year, it wasn't necessarily the end of the year thing with the finger as it was the groin injury that made his numbers kind of drop off a cliff last year. Uh, you know, as you pointed out numerous times throughout the offseason, now we're looking at a situation where he has the early season injury that, that sends him to the IL. And obviously, just by watching the guy run the bases, you can tell he is not at his, you know, fighting weight, so, so to speak, in terms of how he feels with his legs. Um Maybe it'll just take him some time to get back to that. Or maybe it's that situation that we saw with Yohan Moncada over the past several years where it's like, hey, banged up, but, man, I need to play because this this team needs me right now, and, and if, if I don't play, things are going to get even worse. We know that when Tim Anderson is not in this lineup, things are not good for the White Sox. He br usually brings the energy and the ability to go along with it, the results to go along with it. Again, though, we're, we're kind of seeing the same – stuck situation they were in last year where Tim Anderson's always talking about, you know, bringing joy to the field and, and having fun and, and riling everybody up. How are you going to be able to do that when the record is what it is? How are you going to be able to do that when this team is losing the vast majority of the games that it's playing? Uh, you know, yesterday, three batters into the game, and they're losing. You know, I mean, how are you – you know, by multiple runs at that, how are you able to 
fire your team up when you haven't even gotten a chance to go hit yet and you're down by a crooked number. So um, I think in general, the White Sox are probably dealing with that a little bit. Tim Anderson being the guy that we look to as the, um, the, the as Tony LaRusso called him, the igniter, the guy who comes in there and kind of tries to fire everybody up. It's got to be quite the challenge uh, with where they are right now. Um, and so we'll see if he's able to do that. Certainly it's another thing, too. We heard it last year from from Lance Lynn. We heard it from other guys who have sh- tried to be in leadership positions but have struggled or have been uh, limited in their availability. It's hard to come in and kind of say, all right, everybody, follow the leader, follow my lead, when you're not getting your own business done. And in the case of Tim Anderson, that's certainly – been true of his first month and a half of the season. I yeah, mean, only thing you have to look at in the White Sox wins when Tim Anderson participates, his slash line, 335, 364, 527. When he hits, when he kills, they win. When he doesn't, 241, 270, 354. Reminds you of this year's. And it's a 624 OPS together. It's He is the igniter. We say it ad nauseum. They say it ad nauseum. If he goes, they go. Yeah. And he hasn't gone. They haven't gone. Their last year, we thought he was going to get. We we're going to get him back at the end of the year. He couldn't make it back because he's still so injured. And the Cleveland Guardians pretty much made that academic. The White Sox didn't play well. Well, then they were five and six in the first eleven games that he played it played in. I mean, you know, near five hundred, um, and he was you know had a near three hundred batting average and had five stolen bases. Like he he seemed healthy at the start of the year, and I, I think that you know playing for Team USA was a, a benefit for him, um, but. It, it just seemed like he really has not been able to find consistency, and it does remind me of last year when he was it groin, yeah, yeah, uh, tweaked his groin and just really lost his power. And, and it just seems like he is trying to be more disciplined, but it also is coming off as hesitancy when you are the ultra aggressive attacking Tim Anderson. You know, that's that's when we've seen him at his best. So it's tough to see this evolution with a struggle be like, oh, this is how you should play. Well, I can see it in a couple of different ways. Number one, you know, uh, I, you referenced James's piece, and I think he started it off by talking about those that he walked in each of the first two games of the season, and it was like, oh, my God, what is Tim Anderson doing here? That is probably a reflection of the concerted effort he made over the offseason to be more selective, right, to, to become a better hitter. What you might be seeing now, maybe, I, I think back to last year with Jose Abreu, where Jose Abreu, the power dropped off dramatically, and it was, okay, what can I do? How can I change my game? How can I adjust to continue being a productive player? And we saw him walk constantly. We saw him figure out a way to get on base, to be the best offensive player on this team. Granted, that wasn't a high bar to clear last year, but to be the best hitter on this team, even when his typical power numbers were nowhere to be found. Tim Anderson right now might be thinking somewhere along the same thing. If his body is not letting him be the kind of player that he usually is, the slap it to right field kind of guy, the motor around the bases kind of guy because of the of, of the legs right now, is he saying, well, here's what I can do to still be productive. Here's what I can do to still contribute and to still try to do something to get my to 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 be an offensive force for this team. You say it comes off as, you know, apprehensive a little bit, but you know, maybe he's just trying something new and, and trying to do what he can. That those are thoughts. I haven't talked to him about it, but uh, I would think that um, those two things might intersect a little bit and lead to him, you know, trying to to do things a little differently. 
All right, we'll take a quick break here. Um, and what we're going to address Chelsea's point, because I, I don't understand. I mean, I don't know what show she's li- listening to or watching. I, uh, mer- mercy. Uh, but we we'll, we'll give some Luis Robert some love, because uh, he's the only great baseball player on this team right now. <laughs> I mean, like, the guy that will is by far, like, an all-star on this team. Uh, I have no problem giving love to uh, Luis Robert. But uh, let's take a quick break. It is a beautiful day here in Chicago, and you could step outside and take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. They have your back uh, long uh, within 30 days too uh, if you don't love your shady rays you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free again within 30 days there's no risk when you shop with shady rays exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code chgo for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized shades try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people you got a goose i do have a goose look at you what you drinking I'm drinking a full pocket pilsner. There you go. That's uh, the everyday beer, what the brewers are drinking over at Goose Island. They're uh, Chicago's beer since 1988, and they we, CHGO, supported by Goose Island Beer Company. Uh, were you drinking a 312 earlier? earlier? Yeah. Look at that. Um, that's the 312 wheat ale. Uh, we got lovely tall boys, too. Um, you can see the box, I think, behind Vinny's head. Um, there you go. Yeah. There it is. Um, so <laughs> go like over carrying it. and check out Chicago's beer. Uh, it's your parrot. The Goose IPA and the uh, Tropical Beer Hugs, uh, which are dry hopped Imperial IPAs. And there's like a different ladder of alcohol percentage in them. I think there's like a 6.8 one. There's like a 7% one. There's like a 9% one. Uh, it's very fun, and, and it's a nice way to spend a, a Monday night. So grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Wait. Chicago's Beer. Boom. I said that way too Period. fast. <laughs> Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Uh, so let's give Luis Roberts some credit before we go to Andrew Benatendi. Um, Kevin, can we go to the Luis Robert graphic? Um, so I put benching in quotes because I, I guess what Chelsea's point was that, you know, Robert grimaced and slowed down. I don't uh, remember us being that critical of that. It, we seem pretty understanding that Luis Robert told his teammates, hey, I wasn't feeling that great. He didn't tell Pedro Grafol that. And then Pedro Grafol took him out because he thought, you know, he wasn't hustling or whatever, but it was just miscommunication. Luis Roberts played 41 of the 42 games. That's incredible. Luis Robert has, you know, and obviously one of them, he only had one at bat. Um, but that's what we wanted to see out of Luis Robert this entire time he's been in Chicago. The most, he's never played 100 games in a season. He's Nearly halfway there. Yeah. This is, I'd throw a parade just for this. And now he's finally finding a groove here. But even then, I mean, you even look at the, the before benching stats. I mean, that's that's not a bad player right there. I mean, that's 14 RBIs, that's, 13 runs. That's a terrible player. Yeah, but I mean, he's, but he's still, you know, he's still scoring a ton. Yeah, but. Uh, like, I mean, he's, and, we, and he was also making better defensive plays there. I'm just saying. I like, get what Chelsea's saying, but. 
I've stated this time and time Tim. I treat him different because he is different. He's better than Tim. He wasn't playing that way. So, yeah, if I treat him hard or if I expect him to be better than he was that before the benching, you should too. You shouldn't just allow him to be that player. He is the player right now, the total season, he's the player he's supposed to be. And what he's done after the benching, put those in quotes, is where he should be. Now, 440 is a little mu- bit much on the uh, at uh, average. I got it. But this these are the type of performances should be normal, should be commonplace with him. And yeah, so if you take offense that I'm going hard on Luis Robert, I'm, I'm there ain't no apology on this side cuz that man should be this good every single year. Every time he hits the field, he should be this good. Well, I mean, I think to maybe clarify, you know, kind of the the things here, right? If we're talking about just the baseball player, Herb, you just laid it out, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and also, we just laid it out and talking about Tim because obviously he has had a very poor month and a half to the season at the plate, whereas Luis Robert, uh, far and away, uh, now that you include the last couple weeks, has been the best hitter on this team. Uh, the other stuff, he got benched for a communication breakdown, and uh, that's something that Pedro Grifol wasn't going to – tolerate obviously there was confusion in at, mm-hmm. at first into why Pedro was even benching him but he screwed up in not communicating that to his manager it's behind him now and to be fair I'll talk about this too we had questions about you know because uh Luis obviously known for last year and then the, even at the outset of this year swinging at pitches outside the zone not having the best plate discipline recently the explanation over to why we're seeing this from Luis Robert. He's been working at plate discipline. He's been going to work with the coaching staff and concentrating on pitch selection. And look at the rewards that it is reaping. This is a very good, a very talented player who is combining that talent with some work, uh, doing the work that we were questioning whether it was going on or not. And boy, has it paid off. The thing with TA is that TA didn't do anything. <laughs> People were guessing that he might have said something. But he didn't, and so there's nothing to criticize there. Right. So there, there, you know, Rob, you have the word benching up there. He was benched. Something happened. There was a reason. It was right. Quickly moved past. Tim. People are criticizing Tim over something that he didn't do. So <laughs> literally. Right. So if we're just talking baseball, Robert's been awesome. No, no. Uh, there were early in the season. He was not awesome, but he's gone to work. He's fixed that. Tim well, has not fixed it yet. And I, I understand, like it, when you flash that graphic and you see the two thirteen batting average. I, I get that, but still, when he was on base, he was still able to score. He was still able to drive in runs. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, and what we also saw, especially in that Houston series, I mean, excelling defensively. Yeah. So, you know, when he has a down month, he can still be. An extremely sure. effective player, but there was there were criticisms of his baseball performance, and oh, I thought absolutely. they were rightful because yes. he was he was swinging at everything. He w- he had that horrible slump that lasted forever. And remember those that that one game in Toronto where he's going over and cutting off Eloy, yes. and I mean he was for all the amazing amazing plays he was making in center field, he had a few uh, bonehead moments out there too, and so those were brought up. But now now guess what? He's he's killing it. So. I do have to be honest with my friends. You guys are my my, my pals here. Okay. Um, Aw. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've bonded over the the year (laughs) plus. Um, That 
graphic, if you go on a flash of Kevin, uh, was in our Dropbox. Can you tell me the last day it was modified? I obviously have modified it Which since. One? No, the Robert reversal one. Um, so this one. What any 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 hints on wh- wh- when this may be from? Uh, I think it's from Saturday. No. Oh, because he's only he missed a game. Okay. I thought I was counting up the games correctly. Um, so that bottom twenty-eight games versus thirteen games actually yeah. said after uh, fourteen-game hitting streak, and this is from May sixteenth, twenty twenty-two. Oh my goodness! When he went on a fourteen-game hitting streak last year, from April thirtieth to May sixteenth. So basically, this is the same shit he did last year. We have a graphic proving it that this is the same exact thing that he did last year. As long as he stays healthy, he is going to be a great baseball player. But he's going to have he's going to have slumps, and his slumps are going to look horrendous. But this is the same baseball player we've seen. I mean, we're making the same damn graphics. I but mean, that's, also, a, that's a spring training photo from 2022. But also, like, <laughs> why are there spurts? Why isn't consistency? I know injuries are a big-time thing, but this year he's been healthy. And now you're seeing the fruits of those labor, as Vinny said. He's working on pitch selection, so you don't have four strikeouts in Kansas City looking badly. Like, you can have strikeouts because they're going to happen, but he's been looking uh, really weak, some of those strikeouts, where he doesn't, like, process what's going on in the pitch during the at-bat. And your guy, Steven Nicholas, who is off right now, but still, he knew it was from May 2022. He knew. He knew. Did you clue him in? No. Steven, stop I, I'm, watching. He's just got a mind like a steel him. trap. He's got, he's, yeah, I'm not bugging him. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, Steven's got the day off. I'm not going to you know, talk to him about the White Sox, and here he is. So, but uh, yeah. he's here on his own fruition. But I, I don't know. I just, I would love to meet him move back up in the order. Yeah, I don't team, understand that. Because this, I mean, earlier when he was flailing and struggling, hitting second or third, I was like, he's costing. And we're going to talk about Andrew Benintendi. You got to earn those spots up there. Like, you could keep Tim up there because he's earned his spot up there with an overall career of excellence here at with the, with the White Sox. Andrew Benintendi hasn't earned that right to be the second or third hitter in this lineup. You got to move some people up and move him back in the lineup to get more production from the offense where we're talking about they scored, what, one, three, and three this weekend versus Houston? Those things can't happen. You got to well, score more. Well, you talk about that, Herb, though, but look who the manager of this team is. Yeah. The guy who had Andrew Benintendi the last two years, and one of those was an all-star season. I mean, it's a, a – uh, a guy who's been who was you know ready to go in and pound the table for Andrew Benintendi before he even had the job. It was a uh, he has been to this to to yesterday hyping up Andrew Benintendi as the as the guy you haven't seen the guy yet. Wait till you see everything that he can do. <laughs> I'm not saying that Pedro's wrong. You know what? Over the course of the season, there might be a, a number of moments in which Andrew Benintendi proves himself. He might get out of this yeah. offensively, but. To this point, you haven't seen it. When you say he hasn't earned a spot in the lineup with the White Sox, you're only talking about what you've seen him play for hit for in a White Sox uniform. Correct. The manager of this team has been either managing or coaching Andrew Benintendi for the last two and a half years. Okay, I have a theory. It's it's just and I don't know, whatever. It's I don't even know if I should even call it that. It's not, but like I just have a feeling that Rick Hahn at some point, even before 2022 knew Andrew Benatendi's contract was coming up and was like, all right, I am signing him. He is going to be a White Sox. I am going to use my budget to, you know, go get our left fielder slash right fielder or whatever. And then I think Pedro Griffel literally 100%, maybe like 95% got the job just because he also mm-hmm. 
just hyped up Andrew Benatendi and him and Rickon bonded over their love of Andrew Benatendi. That seems incorrect, but okay. <laughs> I there is no they, doubt. They seem to bond over ball. There is no doubt that both of those guys hold Benintendi in very high esteem and continue to do so. I don't think that, you know, like I just said about the way you were talking to him, White Sox fans, you have reason to be like, what's with this guy? Because you've only seen him play for a month and a half, right? And he has disappointed to his own admission. But uh, as I mentioned with Pedro, there's the history, certainly with Rick. There was a history dating all the way back to when he was drafted, the White Sox wanting to take him and having their eye on him. And so, um, again, this guy has had a productive career. This guy has had, as I was talking about yesterday, a consistent career. And I think that's probably the most frustrating thing about Benintendi right now for the White Sox and White Sox fans is this is a guy who, even if you weren't going to get that power that you coveted, Sean, you were gonna, you knew what you were going to get, and it was going to be good. Right. And so far, you're just not getting anything. Well, and the quote from Andrew in, in that James Fegan piece was, quote, uh, this whole season has been frustrating as far as trying to find stuff, trying to think so much about why I'm not hitting. It's frustrating, obviously, with the way we're playing too. I've not even come close to hitting how I want to. I just feel at this point, this whole season has been treading water. I'm trying to find hits here and there, but I haven't found a groove one time. I'm just trying to find something until it clicks and take off. Um, let's go to Andrew Benatendi's 2023 projections. I found this in the Dropbox, too. Uh, you know, hey, we have good graphics. Why not why, let's just recycle them? Um, but, uh, you didn't even update that with an action shot. It's still press no. conference Benintendi. Well, when he was happy. It was, it was simpler times. He just got $75 million and got off a of vacation. Um, 571 plate appearances was projected, 15 home runs, 9.1 walk percentage, 17.3K percent, uh, slash line of 264, 335, 409, way to run created plus of 113 and an F4 of 2.3. Now, let's go to the 2023 season so far for Benintendi. Obviously, zero home runs. Uh, in, I think, 160 plate appearances, he's got a walk rate of 8.1, so a little bit of what under what was expected. Uh, two walks yesterday probably helped that percentage. Uh, 15.6K percent. So he's not swinging and missing as much as he used to. He's not going down in strikeouts as much as, you know, the expectation was, but he really isn't hitting for power, and that's really what's hurting the numbers. Uh, 267 slash line, 331 uh, on base percentage, but the slugging percentage of 336. I mean, even though it's, you know, there's no power, no home runs, like it's just – it's lacking even for doubles and, and triples. Uh, way to run credit plus of 84, and he's been uh, nearly a zero war player. Uh, what do we make of Benintendi? And, and, you know, you talked about lineup shifts. Um, I mean, how disappointing is it that this guy was the highest paid franchise player and, and you know, just has not been able to find a groove just yet? I mean, is it... Is it understandable with guys moving from city to city? I mean, this is the third city in uh, two seasons, basically, for him. Well, usually I give the benefit of the doubt when they do it in season. When you're off season and you got a chance to, if he had kids, I don't know, or wife, you know, settle everybody in and such, that you should be hitting the ground running. And yeah, it's tough to move into a new city, a new clubhouse that you haven't really experienced many of the people in. But you're getting paid to actually perform. While with the glove, he's been fine to disappointing. He's been really bad with the bat. I expected much more to this point, a quarter way through the season from Andrew Benintendi. A home run, one. I mean, a quarter is four, right? So there's one, two, three, four. 
he hit five home runs last year. So if he was just going by last year's pace, he would already have us or his damn home run and a, and another quarter of a home run. Herb, he's on pace to hit zero home runs. That this is year. bad. <laughs> like he is really, really bad this year. And this is why I want him to move down in the order because a three thirty one on base for a six seven hitter, I'll take it. That slash line right there, I'll take it. And I'm I don't I throw out the highest paid player thing. I know he is, but I'm not paying him. I don't care how much money he makes, but I also know that that is uh, endemic of the White Sox, that he is the, their highest-paid player. But for the player himself, he's accepting the money. I don't put that on Cody. I mean, on Cody, on Andrew. I just saw Cody Bellinger's name. I don't put that on Andrew Benintendi that he just signed a, on the dotted line that they gave him that money. He deserved it. I think if he would have went to round the league, he would have probably got a comparable uh, deal as anywhere else. I don't know if he would perform like this, but him – I think he's only he has to be only in his head because the career numbers show that this month, May, is supposed to be his best month uh, OPS-wise, and he's not doing a damn thing. He's hitting a little bit more. He's got a higher slugging percentage in May than he has in April, but that's not saying a lot. But he's just not the player that was promised to us. If he was the guy that showed up last year in New York and Kansas City, I think most White Sox fans say, all right, we'll take that. That's an all-star. I mean, I know that he was an all-star because of the lone representative for the Royals, but he was an all-star. I need him to get back to at least those numbers, that bottom base level numbers where he's on base 37% of the time. That would do. Then you can keep your second spot in the lineup. But otherwise, something has to happen where he has to come back down. We have to get a more competent hitter like Johan Mancata up at the two spot, maybe Luis Robert at three and have a little bit more production with people who are actually putting back to ball this year instead of what Andrew Brintini is doing, and have him figure it out back at 6th or 7th, a little less pressure on himself. Well, I would just say, you know, he's not, he's not the only black hole in the lineup at the moment. You talked about Tim Anderson's numbers, and those guys happen to be the top two hitters in the lineup, and so it's a little bit glaring. But let's not pretend like the other seven guys, you know, three through nine, are like – ripping it up and uh and it's oh god how come these two guys at the top of the order are holding the offense back well, i mean it's Luis robert jr is like driven in all the runs they've scored in the last like you know week basically so basically. let's not you know let's not look at this lineup and say if only andrew benintendi was doing what he was supposed to do they'd be rolling right now i mean the offense in general has been a, a big problem of late yeah not trying to pile on but also you look at uh just the team way to runs career plus uh, they are tied for 16th in, in Major League Baseball at, with 99. So just you look at the star players not performing. Like yeah. It is easy to see that this team could be an above-average offense if they got, you know, uh, uh, the production and this from is, their, their star players. And this, is what, and this is what we talked about every single day of last yeah. season. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> they will take a break. Well, I, would, I would push back on that, Vinny, a little bit, but because those two are getting the most at-bats. So if your two who are getting the most at bats are struggling mightily, that means that you don't you're not getting that lineup turned around enough to get to the people who are actually hitting. So I think yeah, you can put a little bit more weight on, especially Andrew Benintendi, getting actually the job done if Pedro's not going to move him down. Otherwise, like like you got to have somebody else up there that's actually getting on base, making the other pitchers sweat a little bit. They know how to pitch to Andrew Benintendi, and it's, as Sean says, 
weak lift hit to left field, weak hit to center field, weak ground ball to right field. It's nothing that's bringing power. One barrel this year? No, he's he's got like I think three or, or three or so. barrels. Yeah, <laughs> the and full it, year. I guess three. <laughs> Three? And, and all and all I'd say to that, Herb, though, is that there are so few players hitting in this lineup mm-hmm. that if you took the, quote, guys who are actually hitting mm-hmm. and moved them to the top of the lineup, then who's driving that man? That man? <laughs> I, you know right. what I mean? Well, I, just, yeah. Yeah, I, right. I think Jake Berger has eight home runs and he has 16 RBIs. Right. Like, I mean, there's just, I mean, I mean he's, he's doing it. In 81 plate appearances, he has eight home runs and 16 yeah. RBIs. And like, he's one of those guys. Right. He's, yeah. do, he's, yeah. do, he's doing his job. Um, but uh, Ben Attendee, the one thing that is just concerning, I brought it up. Uh, recently, but he his 2022 season ended uh, with a hammer-to-bone injury uh, on a swing. Um, I'm not sure how healthy his wrist is, um, but in 2019, this is on fly balls. So in 2019, his average exit velocity on fly balls was 90.9, an average distance of 323 feet. In 2021, it was 93.3, and an average distance of 324. In 2022, it was 91.1 and an average distance of 308. In 2023, an average exit velocity of 87.9 and an average distance under 300 feet at 296. So I, he just really hasn't been able to drive the ball, period. And, and it is not even in line with his career. So there's a way to see him turn it back. Like, you know, there's a way to be like, oh, I mean, he could play to the back of his baseball card. Absolutely. Um, but I do wonder if there's anything else underlying uh, with Benintendi. And one more point on Benintendi, going back to what I was saying earlier about T.A. and, and Jose Abreu last year, Pedro Grafol's talk about Andrew Benintendi is he does so many things that helps you win a game. He's got this whole, you know, can make an impact in any facet all the time. He's going to be a, 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 an example for the rest of the team to follow. He's a veteran. He's had success. He should be able to adjust. If he's not getting the job done the way he's normally used to getting the job done, we should be seeing those examples of him helping them win in other areas. We have seen some. You know, he's he's made some plays on the base pads. He's made some plays in the outfield. That ball that he didn't catch the other day that down in the left field corner that he dove for or and, and didn't catch still, you know, Made up some ground. It's not like he was going. It's not like he was standing fifty Good feet away. It's not like he was standing fifty <laughs> feet away, like some you know lesser athletes might have done. Um, but I think that's probably part of the frustration too. Is not only are you not getting the offensive results, which again everybody goes through a slump. That's fine. Where is all the rest of this stuff that Pedro Grafol has talked about in the past? Uh, I just realized Michael Conforto hit his seventh home run, so I gotta go tweet about it. <laughs> um, Herb, do you want to go uh, be my first reader? I will I, be. I, I, ha- I have it comment. right here if you can see it. Oh, I have it. I have it always. Oh, okay, my uh, always. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break here, and then we're gonna talk about the upcoming Cleveland series. We're gonna answer some diehard mailbag questions, and we're gonna play a quick game here. But Herb, uh, why don't you be my first reader? You know, Sean, um, when I was a kid, they used to read the story. You know, the Comet and Energy Efficiency Program. It's committed to helping families and businesses in the communities that they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Yeah. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentive lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC system, commercial kitchen. I was going to say Conurco. 
commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. I think we just came up with a new YouTube show, by the way. Canerco's Kitchen. Ooh. <laughs> Ollie. In a 16,000 square foot house in Scottsdale, Arizona, I'll tell you what. How does that work, Sean? Uh, well, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, a lot of numbers, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they could start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include <laughs> estimated, estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Did you say comed.com slash powering biz? I did. And you spell biz how, Sean? Uh, uh, comed.com slash powering B-I-Z. So schedule it today. Um, all right, let's uh, get into what news we kind of expected and talked about yesterday. Um, the rotation shift for the upcoming series for the Guardians. Yeah, just a little bit of a uh, thing here. They switched Kopech and Cease. Uh, they got the off day today, <laughs> allows Cease to pitch on his regular rest schedule a little earlier in the uh, rotation schedule. So it'll be Lynn, Clevenger, Cease against the Guardians, then Kopech to start the Royal Series on Friday, followed by Gilito, and then once more Lance Lynn. All right, there we go. Um, I don't need to delve too much into the pitching side the pitching has been at an MLB worse, and we have not seen them be even, you know, below average in the past two seasons under Ethan Katz. I would be really surprised if the pitching staff is this bad. I know Lucas Giolito just had one of his worst outings yesterday, but even you post-game saying, or him being the messenger and saying Lucas didn't feel the best, you could kind of see that in some of the follow-throughs with him. It just didn't look like he was, you know, locating like he has been. I'm not massively worried about him. Dylan Cease, we just saw how good he was against the Astros. I'm not massively worried about him. We also talked about him kind of finding his footing in May last year. Seems like that might be happening now. I do have concerns about Lance Lynn, Michael Kopech, Mike Clevenger, um, but really it's just wait and see. I mean, Lance Lynn needs to be better. There's nothing really that we need to tell you other than that. Michael Kopech needs to be better. The entire bullpen outside of Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman, been, they've been better. Right, right. No, I'm yeah, saying, like, right, yeah. outside of those guys, those guys have yeah. been pretty good. Keenan Middleton. Keenan Middleton. Groot Santos. Groot. Like, those four those. guys, you know, other than that, everyone needs to kind of step their game up uh, in, in this, on the pitching staff. Um, all right, let's get into – all right, we have the game prediction. Let's go to the mailbag questions first. Uh, first off, we'll go to Midway Jimbo. Uh, is there anything more difficult than staying engaged during a 162-game season with a team that is – completely shit the bed i've watched every game in seasons when i knew they'd be terrible with no issue but this sucks help uh yeah this is the worst start since 2018 which was a bad capital all caps exclamation bad season yes 100 so, losses so like i mean I, I don't know if people have a ton of hope when you hear that stat because like that was a horrendous team and and you know this white Sox team supposedly in this window Having this bad of a start, I don't know how much of a vibe killer it is. The way I get through it, Jimbo, is think about this is the worst that they can play, and I know saying that sets me up for worse in the future. But Sean just went through it. The pitching staff, the starting pitching staff, has been horrendous this year. You're getting great effort and great performance and great results from Lucas Giolito. For the most part, Dylan sees more, than, more better than worse, 
but then you fall off the table with the other three guys. And I got to believe that Dylan Cease is better than the almost five ERA he's thrown to. And I got to believe that Lance Lynn is not just washed in one full calendar year. And same thing with Michael Kopech. He's not this pitcher. He might not be a mid-threes ERA guy, but he's not a 6-7 ERA guy. So that's why I think about this 162, where we've gone through these, uh, what is it, 42 games so far, that this is the worst that they can do. Maybe a slight improvement on the other side. You've already been through the, the 500, uh, fo- 500 foot of foul stinking. What is it called? I'm trying to do the uh, the, the, the Shawshank, Shawshank. Thing, yeah. 500, 500 feet, of, feet of shit. Yeah. I don't know. Or 500 like yards of foul stinking filth that you never held before. You've already been through that. You're Andy Dufresne now. You're on the other side. But you still got to get to the bank and cash those checks. And the cashing those checks is in June, July, August, September. And it might not be for $9 million, but, you know, you'll have still a good time on the other side. You've already been through the slog. Why not go through more? Why not go through the, the good parts, which I believe they're coming if we get those five people back, which we're waiting for Aloy Jimenez to come back. And once he comes back, I'm sure there's somebody else is going to be going to the IL. But once that happens, yes, maybe, possibly, the White Sox can start playing up to their potential. But we said that last year. So, and Her- I know Herbie my, Sunshine is out on this Monday. I know my guy Dale says I feel a little more like Brooks. Hey, Please don't be the Brooks, brother. Yeah, no, no. Be like my guy, Red. There's a hotline for that Just, one. You said you were there, and then go say it to Uh Andy crawled to freedom through 500, I can't remember what, uh, 500 yards of smelling. Sh- foulness? Uh, of shit-smelling foulness. I can't imagine. Or maybe I just don't want to. 500 yes. yards. That's the length of five football fields. And we've just done that, guys. shy of a half a mile. Are we... Are we Still in the, the oh, we're the, still in it. What three hundred yards in? We're, we're almost, <laughs> we're almost on the outside. We're almost like Andy being free with the rock hammer in our hand. Hopefully, all right. Um, big series coming up with with Cleveland, just because every that was kind of the point of your um, article today. I think even Pedro said like it's you know a turnaround is just it's. What, what, I think what was the exact word you used? That I use? Yeah. Mandatory. Mandatory. Um, <laughs> yeah, a turnaround is mandatory. I mean, if the White Sox want to bounce back, um, they have a ton of division games coming up uh, to, to make up that ground. Uh, Tuesday, they will welcome Cleveland. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Lynn, Bieber, Clevenger, Battenfield, and then Cease and Allen. Um, I, I, we have rest of the season predictions. I, I don't know if we really can focus in on the series. Like, they just need to be better. Like, I don't. I don't know what they need, much to we win. need to add. It doesn't matter right? who they're like, playing yeah. anymore. They need to win. Good team comes to town. It makes it harder for them to win. But guess what? They still need to win. It 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 doesn't change anything. They've been they've been bad against good teams. They've been bad against bad teams so far this year. That needs to change on both fronts. Yeah. Um, well, let's <laughs> let's How about go being to, good versus good teams. Finally, <laughs> just win. Uh, let's go to uh, our rest of the season predictions. We'll get to the other mailbag question from Stephen uh, in just a sec. Um, th- we. I was 83 and, uh, I think the f- flip of Herb, 83 and 79. I think you were 90 and 72. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I think it was 86 and you were 86, uh, 86 and 76. Yeah, so um, here are updated record predictions for the Chicago White Sox in 2023. We'll go worst to first. So, Vinny, uh, 71 and 91. 42 games. They won, four, they won 14 of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that means there's three quarters of the season left, three segments more of 40 games, right? I was generous. 
I said that they will not just repeat the 14 over again. I'll say they'll win five more every quarter. <laughs> 19 wins in the, second, in the second quarter, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. It only gets them to 71. That's crazy. 20 games under 500. And, and that's not hard to believe. <laughs> they're, that's a, they that's, have given – They're in the neighborhood right I, now. And so – I'm down the street. When, I, when you first said we're going to do this today, I go, oh, well, they're not going to be this bad. They'll be better. That is better. That is better. That is, is them being better. Uh, and That's uh, just being slightly behind 500, right? A couple games behind 500? Three yeah. games? Yeah, because if they went, yeah, if they won 20 of the next 60, you know, or 20, you know what I mean. They won twenty three times. They'd they'd be at uh, that would be five hundred. So that's only slightly below five hundred. Um, that's twenty games. Yeah, I guess they, they have not given any reason to believe that they're going to magically fix this all overnight. No, and I guess so. you could call me lazy. I have seventy five and eighty seven. That's what Zips projected them at at the beginning of the year. So <laughs> you know, just see this team. I, I you know I think the computers are right. I mean, AI is taking over. Uh, Zips is taking over baseball, and I I I think it's just going to be. 75 and, and, and 87. I, I, I think even hearing your reasoning makes me feel even iffy on 75 wins. It's just appalling, the baseball that we've seen. And I went with the most optimistic going 541 winning percentage in the from the games they have now on, the 120 games they have now, and winning 65 of their last 120, so 79 and 83 total. It's very optimistic. And at that record, I think they'll be like in third place in the AL Central, only like three games behind the AL Central winner. It's wow. so bad. Um, yay. Um, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Um, let's go to Steven's mailbag question. If you do want to become a diehard, go to allchgo.com, uh, sign up, get a free T-shirt, you get the box with stickers, a uh, membership card, and you get access to our CHGO Discord. But he said, given when – we're 42 games into the season. How do y'all feel about the new rules? Do you think they are as good as is, or are any amendments needed? Uh, Tim Anderson obviously doesn't like the pitch clock. What are you guys' thoughts? I, well, Tim Anderson doesn't like the pitch clock. I love the pitch clock. Uh, it's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to vote for it for MVP, but I might write it in. Yeah, MVP could. this year, pitch clock. Um, yeah, I love the pitch clock. The shift thing, I was a little... Was a little less high on that when it when it started, just because it's like, come on, they're 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 just moving guys around. They're not really anything crazy. Right. Um, I don't know if watching the White Sox on a daily basis, I can tell you that there's been, you know, that I have noticed this vast uptick in in hits and stolen bases and movement and action, uh, just because they have not played very well. Their offensive numbers are not very good. Um, but uh, you know, anything that does that, I think that makes people go, Ooh, a little bit more that makes people have a little bit more fun uh, than, than sure. Let's do it. So uh, I, I think two thumbs way up on the new rules. Now just get, get rid of that extra inning rule and we'll be all good. Literally. I was going to say Vinny has already, already spoken my words right there. Pitch clock is awesome. Shift is all right. And then institute Vinny's new overtime rule. We're just playing real regular ass games because the game is shorter. So let's go. Let's do regular baseball. And then actually, I would add one my 12 inning rule. Like, if you're not winning after 12 innings, tie game. Sorry, guys. We're going home. I think the KBO or, or one of the Asian leagues does that. Ties. Yeah, yeah. It, after 12 innings, which it, it makes sense. You know, hey, you got three extra innings to make it happen. And if not, drive home safely. Uh, I, I like that. And you could, you could just then go by win percentage. I mean, 
you know? There's so many games that, like, it's not dis- it's no. not horribly dissatisfying no. for a game to end in a tie. No. no. Like, it's in just... football, you're when, you know, when the game ends in your tie, you're just like, just play a little more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you only col- got 17 of these. Come on. Keep on going. College, they have, like, a really good system. Exactly. It's, like, it's great. They, you know, they figured it out. You're just being stubborn by you, not adopting that. Yeah, you could literally <laughs> move the goalpost in football, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm all for the, all the rules, but I'm, I'm with them. Uh, the pitch clock has basically saved the need for an extra base, a ghost runner. So I think that's the only thing to change. And I think hopefully baseball does, you know, adjust the ghost runner rule. I've heard some, I've heard some uh, frustration uh, uh, when it comes to that labeling of that rule. It's not a ghost runner. It's a free runner. A ghost runner wouldn't be there. They'd be a ghost, like you're playing in the backyard. Yeah, when you're a kid, he's like, oh, that right field's got a ghost hitter. Right. Yeah, but how do you We've only got six guys, so there's a ghost runner yeah, on second. But, but how do you get there? He got out. He was killed. <laughs> so you're saying it's a zombie Casper. runner. Yeah, a zombie, <laughs> he's been, zombie he's been, runner. He's been reanimated. He's back from the dead. I like zombie runner All right, better. There you go. All right. I will say, I sat through a 14-inning game at Wrigley a couple weeks ago, and it was only like a four-hour game in total. 14 innings. Like four I'm, hours. Oh, yeah, it was God. Like, it was like, <laughs> but like 14, 14 innings. Oh, like yeah. You're crazy. not wrong. That's like almost, you know, that five and a half, six hours. Yeah, oh, yeah it's crazy. And I sat there. I was fine. It was a great Sunday afternoon. <laughs> love, love the pitch clock, man. It's great. All right, final thing here. Uh, I was, yeah, when you were saying that, I thought, like, a ghost had a lobby, and so I was like, hey, I take offense to that. Those are humans. If you want ghosts, we can be out there. They're picketing outside yeah. the MLB offices. Those people are taking jobs away from real <laughs> ghosts. Yeah. All right, uh, do you have the connect grid, Kevin? Um, we'll we'll do we this little indeed. game. Uh, shout out to Jolly Olive and John Boy Media. They, they usually put this game on their channel. Oh, and no. I, I, why not make it White Sox related? These are the next three opponents for the White Sox. The Guardians, Royals, and Tigers. Uh, I will pull up a stopwatch and, and see who who does this fastest. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this game, but you're naming players. Year, yeah. Just anybody ever? Naming players who played for the Sox and Guardians, Sox and Royals, Sox and Tigers. This is any all not active, just all no, time. Anytime, okay, anytime. And it has to be major leagues, not in the system. <laughs> yeah, you, so can't, you already can't, cannot say Connor Pilkin. That's what I was going for. <laughs> you, you can't double. Al, I was thinking like Alex Call too. Yeah, you can't can't double up. Okay, so like you know if if any says. Okay. I, I don't know, uh, you know, Jude Law. I don't know. Just, oh, just uh, thinking sure. of a random name. Uh, you can't player. say Jude Law. Okay. All right. Uh, who who wants to go first? Just pick any player. Yeah. Are we Who's going? Ba- are we alternating, or is it one? No, it's it's you're playing your own game. Okay. So whoever okay. goes second can't repeat the oh, first. So oh, okay. they would just maybe lose. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna go with. Uh, wait, wait, wait. What? what? Oh, all right. Heads you want, you got to say it? Heads or tails? Tails never fails. Okay. All right. Do you want first or second? Second. Okay. All right, Vinny. All right. Here you go. I'll start a stop. Sox, Cleveland, or all these teams? You can you you could start wherever you'd like. Okay. So so you need to do Sox, Cleveland. I need You're three gonna players. You're going to have to uh, yeah. uh, get rid of the chat here, Ke- uh, Kevin. I need, I need three players. I need the Guardians. I need uh, one player that played for the Sox and Guardians, one player that played for the Royals and Sox, oh. one player that played for the Sox and Tigers. Okay. 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 Gotcha. Three, two, one, go. Cesar Hernandez. Yes. Andrew Benintendi. And Maglio Ordonez. All right. There you go. All right. Seven seconds. <laughs> All right. Here you go, Herb. Three, two, one. Yonder Alonso. Uh, I'll go to the Tigers. God, see, it's always these wins that kill me. Um, Jermaine died, then... I don't know. Who had a tiger? Um, I'm lost. I'm bad at these games. 
Maglio. Oh, you already said Maglio. Son <laughs> of a bitch. I don't know. A tiger in a White Sox. Bob Howry. I don't think he was a tiger. Um, he was one of these. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> Jack Morris. I don't know. Jim Jim Morrison. The from the, the doors. The doors. The doors. <laughs> he would play. For, oh, Ivan Nova. There you oh, go. Champagne right. Supernova. All right. So Herb got forty six seconds. Hey. Mercy. Are we supposed to go the highest number? Okay, I thought we were supposed <laughs> okay, to go the highest Okay, you won. Number. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, I was going to say missed. Corey Snyder, but I don't know if that was there. So was that it? For the Tigers? Was yeah, that the game? Oh, the, I won? Oh, okay. For, for the Guardian slash Indian. Corey Snyder. How do you spell that? Corey? With uh, no E. Corey Schneider? Yeah. He's a goaltender for the... Because the, if we were going to go former. again, I could have gone again. Go ahead. Do it. You got uh, Albert Bell. Played for both uh, Chicago and Cleveland. Yes. Uh, joking, Joaquin Soria. Was Corey, a, Corey Snyder would have been right for the Guardians. And then uh, what about, remember Austin Jackson? Oh, He's a sock yeah. and a tiger. Oh, my God. I think he, he was a few. Mind. He might have been all four, four of these teams. <laughs> was he? Austin Jackson? Yeah, he played for the Cubs, too. I think Austin mm, Jackson Bo, played for about 14 No, teams. you're thinking of Bo Jackson. You played for the Royals. No, he's talking about the Tigers. No, Austin Tigers. Jackson. Oh, yeah, he played for Jackson. the Tigers. Uh, you said it. I thought you said he played for all he teams. Said he, I was he checking, played for maybe a lot of them. I was checking if he, if he played yeah. for all teams. He um, played for a lot of them. I, I'm surprised uh, none of you said uh, Ross Detweiler. No one has remembered Ross Detweiler. Which of these teams is he on? Royals? I, th- I think he was a Royal. Oh. I could be wrong. Anyways. Debt. Uh, he was on the Nationals when he got the great nickname National Debt. Oh, so good. It's a great nickname. Yeah, he was a Cleveland. Just like the there we go. Right. Italian nightmare, which he doesn't like. Four yeah, and two. Baloney, I'm not good at these games. Four and two-thirds in, in, with, with Cleveland. So there James you go. Ross Mike, Detweiler. When I got to access my memory, it's, oof, friends. Couple there good is ones. one active, Mike Clevenger, too. Yeah, Clevenger, so, I mean, McCann. That would have been in the easiest one for Sox Guardians there. I'm thinking, I think we know the, the Guardians as well. Oh, Ben yeah. yeah. There you go. You got that, you, yeah. you got that one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I said Andy Sisko last time. I don't know if he played for the... White Sox or not. I know a tall dude played for the White Sox. I know it's John Roush. <laughs> Kevin, do you want to try? You want to try to be uh, Vinny's eight seconds, or are you, you good? Um, I don't think I'd be able All to right. beat the eight we'll, seconds. We'll, so end no, it. we'll end it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We appreciate Tell it. We'll be right joining there. you tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Jim, tell me, too. Alex Avila. Uh, we'll be joining you tomorrow for a post-game show after the Sox and Guardians game. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Here's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And you can read his work at allchgo.com. He's got a brand new post that he posted today. So go and read it about how, you know, it's early is such a cliche. I mean, the White Sox, it can't be early anymore. They got to start winning. I, you're bringing the it's early out. <laughs> well, I'm talking, my whole thing was no, one but, game at a time. I didn't. No, but I thought, it's early. Forget about it. It's early. No, but that's what you said. Mid-May. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it. You're, you're, I'm Miller. saying, like, forget it. It's early. Forget about it. That's what, that's We're what on to a new cliche. Said it and forget, forget it. it. <laughs> All right. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckenroll23. He's our CHGO at Sox Community Leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us in the chat, even you, Chelsea. Okay? Not even you, Chelsea. Chelsea's awesome. No, did you miss it? You I see you at the bottom. Thank you, guys, thank you, yeah, thank you guys for addressing my comment. I was yeah. just like, you know. I don't know. Anyways, hit the like button on your way out. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>